Welcome in. It is a Monday. It's going to be another hot, sticky, nasty, just disastrous Monday weather-wise. One day, Heatwave's been bringing me down, man. Glass animals. It's not good. And, uh, Parker, we start out today with the tech issue. My monitor here over on the left, I just came in. It's not working. It's a black, blank, completely devoid of any graphics kind of screen Oh, right boy, now. so you're flying blind. That's uh, somewhat. I'm already flying partially blind. I'd say I'm about 10% at my age. You know, you got to have the old man glasses and everything. But uh, So we're off to an auspicious uh, start today on a Monday. But we'll make it work somehow. You just may have to read all the texts. You can do that. You're very capable of reading every single text. All right, so let's start out in the world of recruiting. Uh, Some big news happening today at 5 o'clock for the Oklahoma Sooners. Another commitment is coming. Longhorn Nation, we're back. Yes, but first, what in the wide, wide world of sports? Didn't Peyton Kirkland say, why would I go to Texas? That is what he said. And where did he end up? Committing. He ended up committing to Texas. What's up with that? Oh, I mean, geez. Oh, Mike. I wish I could make this one make sense. And the only way you really can make it make sense is if you just embrace the fact that this recruitment was all about NIL. Because that's really the only logical conclusion you can come to As to how Peyton Kirkland ended up at the University of Texas, having never visited. Now, that, I mean, what else is there? Well, and I've talked to folks all over the country that covered this recruitment. Uh, In the Florida camp, the Miami camp, up in East Lansing, guys who cover Michigan State. Uh, Look, regardless of who I talk to, one common theme remains the same regardless of where the intel comes from on Peyton Kirkland. It would appear that based on everything we know about the way that this recruitment went down, there were a lot of NIL demands being made. And that, in combination with the fact that uh, Peyton Kirkland is going to need some body reshaping when he gets to the next level, he's a guy that probably needs a year or two at least Uh, in the weight room, uh, doing the workouts, uh, getting in game shape, because game shape at the high school level is markedly different from game shape at the collegiate level. Those two things in conjunction with one another are why Oklahoma dropped off recruiting him, why Florida quit recruiting him, why Miami and Alabama quit recruiting him, why Michigan State got fed up with it at a certain point in time. So we knew leading into that announcement on Saturday – that none of Peyton Kirkland's top five were going to be where he would commit. And in fact, I would say we knew that several days ahead of time once we realized that Michigan State was not going to be the destination. It appeared for a minute as though Michigan State was going to be the destination by default because that was the only school to that point in his top five that would be willing to take him. But started to see that Texas smoke circulating. I think it was last Wednesday. And I... I remember sitting here in this studio on the air as that all was starting to, I I think even before it hit social media, I was getting texts ahead of time, like watch Texas for Peyton Kirkland. Uh, PK is about to shock the world on Saturday, hook them, that kind of thing. And so I'm getting these texts and I'm touching base uh, with people who would know. 
and pretty immediately come to the conclusion that, okay, this Texas stuff is real. And if you go down the rabbit hole, you follow the smoke, you connect the dots, you come to the conclusion that the reason Peyton Kirkland is a Texas Longhorn is because of NIL. Well, and so this wasn't a loss for Oklahoma. They weren't ready because they weren't uh, totally bought in on this kid, right? They were out on Peyton Kirkland. that's why you see some of the generic stuff out out there, like Kirkland picked uh, Texas over Oklahoma and Alabama and, you know, all these other schools, Miami. No, he picked Texas over, like, UCF and Auburn. Yeah, and and again, you're like, okay, well, I, I don't think so. But the surprise is that it was Texas because of the previous tweet. Now, why would I go to Texas, basically, is what he said yes, in a fake, tweet. Fake news, yeah. haven't even visited. Why would I go to Texas? And that I, I, I thought the most hilarious part of it to me was when he did the televised announcement on Saturday. It wasn't Peyton Kirkland that said, I'm going to be committing to Texas. It was his mom. It's really? on the yeah. it's on the FaceTime call going. <laughs> Peyton's going to be playing at the University of Texas, oh, and Peyton's just kind of sitting there like a prisoner of war. And so you, it, that Mama also makes wants you that wonder, money. Mama that wanted that money. How much of it was Peyton's decision, and how much of it was Mom getting her mm, way? Yeah. Regardless, this was a recruitment that Oklahoma was out on, had been for quite some time. That's not the narrative shifting. That's not people trying to downplay. Uh, this commitment on the recruiting trail for Texas. That's just the reality. And we talked about this for three or four weeks ahead of time, right, Mike? Because I think it had been three or four weeks to that point uh, since my colleague Brandon Drum had first reported, oh, you and Peyton Kirkland are going in different directions. Yeah. So, so not a loss at all for Oklahoma. In fact, the Sooners are going to gain another prospect who is going to commit Later this afternoon at 5 o'clock, Josiah Wagner will pledge to Oklahoma, right? The defensive that is the back belief. from the state of Washington, four-star. And uh, I did see the Sooners went down to number 10. They got as high as number 9, but they're number 10 in the 247 sports rankings of uh, classes for 2023. So, again, Josiah Wagner will commit to Oklahoma later today. It's expected to happen at 5 o'clock, so the Sooners will be up to 17 total commitments. And uh, that'll be a big get because also Thursday, it's it's basically feeling like it's a done deal for Derek LeBlanc as well. And an- if you get another Wagner, four star, you follow that up with LeBlanc, Oklahoma's going to be sitting at the number seven class in the nation by Thursday. And then you take a look ahead to the party at the Palace on Friday, July 29th. There are more than a few guys there that could eventually... Or pretty immediately, regardless, or I I guess depending on how things fall this weekend when the visits take place, depending on the statement that Oklahoma makes with some of those kids, there are a whole bunch of them that could end up pledging to Oklahoma in pretty short order. I'm looking primarily at Tessilia Kana and Makari Vickers. So OU may be at 7 by Friday, but by the following Friday they might be even higher. Unbelievable. Where are the Boomer Doomers right now? The CCLs? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call them Boomer Doomers. You can call them uh, the Crimson Chicken Littles, right? Okay. Yeah. We can we can each have our own thing, I suppose. They thought it was over, man. There was a mushroom cloud over this class. And guess what? Now it's a bright, sunshiny day again for uh, Oklahoma and recruiting. And again, Josiah Wagner uh, happening today at 5 o'clock. Four-star defensive back from the state of Washington. It's expected that Derek LeBlanc will follow suit on Thursday. 
Uh, I know you've been saying that for a long, long time. You've talked about Jacoby Johnson also coming down the road, right? Yeah, that's a guy that I, I am almost certain will be a Sooner. If the Sooners find a way to choke that one away, I, I don't even know, Mike. He, he's felt like a Sooner for upwards of two years now. All right, so big news coming up at 5 o'clock today. And again, uh, sometimes you tweet things that come back to haunt you. And I don't know, I mean, uh, the Kirkland family may have got a nice payout for this deal. But Peyton Kirkland had tweeted a while back, basically, why Texas? Why would I go to Texas? People were suggesting, you know, that. And he committed to Texas over the weekend. Yeah, and I, I know he's trying to spin it off like they were there for me when no one else was. There was never a time where nobody was there for Peyton Kirkland. He's been one of the most highly recruited offensive linemen in America for almost two years now. And apparently, uh, he said he'd been silently committed to Ohio State until last November. So, you read all the quotes from Peyton as to why the decision happened and the manner in which it happened. And you kind of can't help but see right through the BS, right? It's He's coming straight out of the mule shoe uh, school for spin control, basically. Correct. Trying to change the narrative, make Correct. himself look better. And look, I mean, if the kid and his family get a payout, you know, that's, that's what happens right now in this day and age of college football. But, uh, again, uh, who is the the kid that they were all tweeting about? Uh, Tobiano? Is that the Javian kid? and Tobiano. That they're trying to get to come along for the ride now? Yeah, they're trying to get everybody down to the 40 acres. I thought uh, the most funny, like the funniest thing to me about Peyton Kirkland's post-commitment interview was where he basically acknowledged, yeah, I was going to go to Miami, but uh, we kind of had a falling out. Which basically means Miami wasn't taking him. Ne- negotiations broke down. Yes, which we had talked about. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago on this show, the fact that he was not going to be a take at Miami. So we had a falling out is code for I wasn't a take there, so I ended up in Texas. Now, Peyton's a really nice kid. He's got a good future ahead of him. You're saying maybe he's a kid that's going to have to get more serious in the weight room and commit to that more, so maybe a, a kid who might – Blossom two years down the road, maybe his sophomore year or red shirt. What do you think? Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's going to have to have a willingness to embrace the reality that he's not going to play early, no matter where he goes. And he's going to have to commit to the process for two or three years because he's in the neighborhood of 350 pounds right now, Mike. That's a guy that's going to need some serious work in terms of reshaping his body before he is ready to play at the next level. Otherwise, you end up like Daryl Simpson, in essence, or Bray Walker. So he's like me. He's on the hostess diet is what he's doing, right? I can tell you, if you want to gain weight, you want some belly fat, man, go hostess. I I will, you know, I will vouch for it. It works. The hostess diet works. All right, so Peyton Kirkland, the offensive tackle from Orlando, Florida, headed to Texas after saying, you know, he wasn't going to go to Texas, and some schools dropped out uh, in his recruitment over the past couple of months, including Oklahoma. And, again, the news for the Sooners, though, is going to be really good later today at 5 o'clock, where it's expected that Josiah Wagner will announce his decision to commit to Oklahoma, four-star DB out of the state of Washington. And then on Thursday – uh, Derek LeBlanc, the defensive lineman out of the state of Florida, also expected to announce that he will be headed to Oklahoma. And you say there may be more on the way. So 
The uh, July fireworks are going to be a, uh, a couple more and maybe a couple fireworks still going off in August. It's like the kids who save the black cats, right, to uh, to go out at midnight in your neighborhood and set them off in Man, early August. Could, could not be me. I am one of those people that will never spend a dime on fireworks. You know, I'll watch some fireworks, although yes, pretty like, much sure. every fireworks display looks about the same. You know, I mean, there are those who do, like Riverwind's fireworks show is unbelievable. The one in the Bahamas was unbelievable because of where we, where we were, obviously, and seeing it over the ocean and stuff like that. But I was never a guy that would go out and spend money on fireworks. It's I mean, a, as a kid, would, would I get excited about it? Yes. Because, you know, the mission was to blow up that ant bed, man. That was our mission every year. Oh, boy. Find the ant bed, fill it with black cats, and it was the ants were going to have a very bad day. Oh, no. It was a terrorist attack. That's one of those things that I'm just like, I am perfectly content with other people spending money on them. Mm -hmm. And I will be more than happy to sit back in my lawn chair and watch other people's money blow up in the sky. Because I cannot imagine spending... 200 300 bucks to light off a bunch of fireworks have to sweep all the debris out of the street the next morning and for everything around my domicile to smell like sulfur for the next two weeks there you go i agree all right uh we're going to take a break thank you to tim lasher and lasher home comfort systems 405-579-3113 you need ac work done that ac is working overtime right now keep it healthy give tim lasher and his great company a call 405-579-3113 Maybe the greatest comeback since Lazarus is Parker's car back. Wow. We'll get that and talk more recruiting up next. All right, back with you here on a Monday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. You can hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Right now, I am, I am unable to see the text because our monitor on the uh, the left side of the studio has been fried. Somehow, some way, I'm not sure. And I am the opposite of fix-it guy. I touch something, it only gets worse. And we've had young people in here like Parker attempting. Couldn't do it. Connor Pasby couldn't do it. All the King's horses and all the King's I know. Men. Can't put this uh, Dell monitor back together. So, uh, But Parker can read your text on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Uh, before we get the car story in, I was uh, saw a video this weekend. I was reminded of, I'm, man, I'm like, man, I got to get that again and uh, play it because, you know, we talk so much recruiting here every day because that's your area of expertise and you've got all the insight. And I know Tyler talks about it a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, he is out, by the way, at the uh, coaches' luncheon um, over at Live Church in Norman today. There's not really a live audio opportunity or an audio opportunity today, but Parker's there, of course. He's super serious, or uh, Tyler's there, super serious. I was going to say, I, I'm ta- right here. He's no. taking notes. Tyler's out there taking notes. If Brent says anything, I'll be I'll be uh, texting you. So that man's dedicated. But um, recruiting stories are very interesting. Now we're talking about NIL becoming a part of that. But back in the day, man, Barry Switzer – Recruiting Brian Bosworth. This is a lot of you probably saw that video. It's been, I think it was out. Uh, they got together, I think, when Oklahoma went to Tuscaloosa. So this is almost a 20 year old. It was the DVD collection where a lot of the Sooners got together in a room and they told old tales, including Brian Bosworth, the Boz, talking about how he was recruited by Barry Switzer. The Boz is sitting in the high school cafeteria in Irving, Texas. When a man in a mink coat 
the king burst into the cafeteria. Uh, committed to Texas A&M, and I'm sitting in my high school cafeteria, and there's 3,000 kids in my school, so there's 1,000 of us in, you know, in the cafeteria. And I'm looking across, and I see this, this, this cat walk in in a full-length mink coat. <laughs> and I take a... And I go, it, it can't be. It can't be. Because all the other coaches would come, and they'd pull me out of class and take me in. Here he comes, and he... He calls me out. Hey, where's Boss? Where's Boss? And I go, oh, no. No, no. And he's got the rings on. I know you want one of these. I know you want one of these. You don't get it today, man. <laughs> Just so as true in 2022 oh, as it was in 1982. So good. Uh, Barry Switzer. You know, uh, You've got to be pretty cool to be a white dude pulling off a mink coat. And the only two people I know that pulled off the mink coat, Barry Switzer and Joe Namath. You can find that picture of a Broadway Joe with his shades on, a dip in, and a mink coat on the jet sideline back in the day. But the King will still bring it out occasionally. I think he went to recruit some fraternity guys to help him carry some stuff uh, like a few years back, and Switzer showed up in the mink coat. And, uh, I mean, you know what it takes to sell real estate? Brass balls to sell real estate. What does it take to pull off a mink coat at that age? Same thing. Same thing. But what a great story that is. Can't you just see Switzer crashing into the cafeteria? Yes. Yes, I have a vivid (laughs) mental picture of it. I'm sure everyone that just listened does, too. Where's Boz? So good. So very good. Oh, Barry. Uh, Good stuff. All right, so tell us about... uh, well, first, let's get to Josiah Wagner. What are the Sooners okay, sure. going to get? He is expected to commit today at 5 o'clock, four-star defensive back out there in the Pacific Northwest. Tell us about him. Yeah, cornerback all the way, pure lockdown cornerback. Uh, he got the Oklahoma offer in the spring, ended up showing up to Oklahoma's camp in early June and was one of the standouts, maybe the most impressive player that was there over the course of the two days. Uh, that camp was held that week. Him and Keon Brown were two guys that really, really flashed. Obviously, Keon Brown is uh, is already committed to Oklahoma. Josiah Wagner expected to commit to Oklahoma later today. But uh, his finalists are Oklahoma, Cal, Oregon, and Texas. He still has not taken his official visit to Oklahoma. The expectation is that uh, after he does commit, that official visit would take place during the fall. Uh, But this would be a really huge get for Oklahoma because – it breaks down the door at the cornerback position. The Sooners still don't have Jacoby Johnson committed somehow. I don't know when that's going to happen at this point. But whenever it does happen, he's going to play cornerback too. For the moment, zero cornerbacks committed at Oklahoma. Wagoner would be the first. Then you look ahead to what the Sooners could add down the line. Jacoby Johnson is expected to be a Sooner. I believe Makari Vickers will be a Sooner as well. So if you can get a three-fold group of outstanding corners, which is very much on the table for Oklahoma. Vickers, Wagner, Jacoby Johnson, all national top 200 guys regardless of position. That is a haul for Jay Valai in his first recruiting class as the University of Oklahoma's cornerbacks coach. What does that say about the job they've done on him that he hasn't taken an official visit, yet he's going to commit today at 5 o'clock? Yeah, I mean. That's pretty amazing, What what doesn't it say about this coaching staff? Because uh, this would be pretty incredible. I, I'm trying to think how many guys now have they gotten committed before ever taking an official visit. Jackson Arnold was the first. 
Josh Bates hadn't yet taken his official visit uh, when he committed, but that was back in July. That was under Muleshoe and the old staff. Um, who else? Keon Brown, obviously. Heath Ozida still hasn't taken his official visit. Caleb Spencer also hasn't taken his official. So Kid from Virginia, the safety. potentially six that could commit to Oklahoma in this class without having taken an official. That's I mean, pretty remarkable. That is. I mean, that's, that's pretty rare that that happens. That uh, you haven't taken an official visit, but you feel so good about your relationship with that position coach, and you feel so good about the future and what it holds for Brent Venables and his staff and, and Oklahoma football going to the SEC to make a commitment. And again, these kids know the situation when they commit to Oklahoma. They do. It's not a half-hearted commitment. It's Again, we're not going to sit here and tell you that every commitment that Oklahoma gets is going to stick. I mean, eventually they're going to be a kid. There's going to be a kid, a couple kids that, you know, even though they have said, hey, if you're committed to us, you're not taking any more visits. So that has been their stance. That's one of the reasons why it's taken a while for Oklahoma to build up to 16 commitments. It'll be 17 later today uh, with the Wagner commitment. But you would think that that isn't a total 100% insurance policy against losing a kid late or somebody changing their mind. But it's a pretty darn good insurance policy, I would think. Don't you? Again, I don't think it's bulletproof or foolproof that, uh, you know, you're going to get 100% of every kid who commits sticking with that commitment and eventually signing with Oklahoma. But I would bet you it's a pretty good percentage of kids, if we look at this like three years down the road, who end up making the commitment and signing with Oklahoma. Well, yeah, and if if a kid does decommit, how much of a loss is it to you? Mm -hmm. Because... Regardless of who you end up signing, you're going to get guys that committed and did not visit anywhere else. That will be the case for 100% of Oklahoma's signees under Brent Venables. They will have not visited anywhere else post-commitment to Oklahoma. So you are getting guys that are 110% bought in. And you may have a decommitment every now and again. But if that's the case, guess what? There's always going to be somebody a little further down the pecking order that is more than willing to jump at the opportunity to come to the University of Oklahoma. And in some cases, those dudes, by the end of the cycle, may be higher ranked, may be more highly regarded than the guy whose spot they took. Take a look at Samuel Masigo, for instance. He was a mid-range three-star as recently as a month ago. Now he's knocking on the door being a top 100 composite player in the nation. So if, yeah. you, if you're nailing your evals as a coaching staff, and this Sooner staff is, if you are nailing your evals, you don't really got to worry about much else once you get them committed. Because if you believe in a guy enough to give him a committable offer to the University of Oklahoma, as a fan, you're giving this coaching staff the benefit of the doubt because they've proven their worth over the years, whether at Clemson in – Bates and Venables and Chavis's case or elsewhere and as a coaching staff you are confident that regardless of what the rankings say regardless of what the stars say or will say these are guys that you expect to be contributors for your program yeah no doubt and uh you know that think about that 2000 team in that first Bob Stoops class and people are going man who's Josh Hupel Josh Hupel junior college okay who 
uh, Curtis Fagan, all right, um, Antoine Savage. You know, it was like, guess what? They all turned out to be really good players. Josh Heupel was runner-up in the Heisman, probably should have won it. Old Man Winky won it. But Torrance Marshall made him pay in the championship game. He told him right there at the coin flip, you stole my boy's Heisman. And uh, then the Sooners ended up winning, of course, the national championship that night in the Orange Bowl. All right, break time right here. Good to have you with us. We are down a monitor, but we will get to some texts coming up. And I do want to find out the fate of Parker's car because that Taurus was buried. And I think it may have made a comeback. I thought I saw it in a driveway somewhere on social media over the weekend. So the reports of its demise were greatly exaggerated. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back Monday. Hope your weekend was well. We're going to the text line here in one second, and uh, that is the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino, one final Beats and Bites show, and it's happening this weekend if you want to get outdoors and if you want to enjoy a lot of the best local food trucks, uh, activities for the kids, bring your folding chairs this Saturday and come see Scotty McCreary outdoors at Riverwind at the final show of the 2022 Beats and Bites season. We had some great shows. Night Ranger and Starship, Everclear, Sister Hazel, Deep Blue Something, the Randy Rogers Band with a fireworks spectacular afterwards. And we will conclude Beats and Bites 2022 this Saturday night. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night. Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage, also sponsored by Coop Ale Works. So they'll have some great uh, craft beer out there for you. It'll be a great time outdoors. They've got the big misting machines to keep you cool out in this heat, although this weekend it's going to cool down a little bit. It's going to go into the mid-90s from what I'm hearing. Yes, that's a cool down these days. But Scotty McCreary, final show coming up uh, this Saturday night out at Riverwind Casino. Find your tickets online at riverwind.com. Uh, they're only 5 bucks a piece, again, at riverwind.com. Or if you're going to the casino, uh, drop by the box office right there in front of the Showplace Theater and pick yours up. $5 a piece, that is a bargain. Uh, again, thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino, also sponsoring uh, the hotline at 405-329-9000. Love Riverwind around here. All right, you want to get a few texts in? Let's or, go right ahead. All right, let's do that. One listener says, Curtis Fagan looked like the least athletic receiver ever captured on film. Ran like a stiff two-by-four, but man, could he play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that class turned out uh, to have some players in it, man. No doubt. Info on this LeBlanc kid. Been out of the loop for a bit. Derek LeBlanc, high four-star defensive lineman out of Osceola, Florida, will be committing on Thursday. The finalists are Oklahoma, Florida, and Penn State. This appeared to be a Florida-Miami-Ohio State battle for a long, long time with Clemson in the mix as well. But as soon as Todd Bates made the move from Clemson to Oklahoma, all of a sudden, OU became a very real player for Derek LeBlanc. And it now appears, as we get closer and closer to his commitment date, uh, that he is going to be a Sooner. So this would be Todd Bates' first Oklahoma signee. Yes, it would. That we're looking at. It would. And uh, the first of many, I'm sure. So you can put him on the board. Yes. Did you just pull out a Hawk Harrelson on I us? did, yes. Gosh, Mercy. That, that dude. You don't like Hawk, his call? I, I have mixed feelings about Hawk. Is he still doing I don't the know White if he Sox is broadcasts? still doing those or not. Because I know Jason Benetti is the White Sox play yeah, play guy yeah, now, but I guess right. he just signed a deal yesterday to be Fox's I saw that. number two college football what guy. What a great so. story he is, by the way. You know, yeah. he's you know, he's really good, really good. But I, I used to like the Hawks call quite a bit. But I, I'm sure if you're uh, 
if you don't like the White Sox, like you're a Cubs fan, you well, you're not watching Hawk anyway, but it could get pretty annoying. Okay, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Bear with us today. My monitor here, my left side monitor, which usually pulls up all the texts, has died. There has been no Lazarus situation with this monitor. It's gone. You know what? There has been a Lazarus situation. Yes. Right? What happened to the car? How did the car come back? Did okay. somebody well, say, said it was done, right? I've gotten on this soapbox before. Looks like I'm going to have to do it again. Do not put any faith in big auto repair. Okay. Yeah. Now, I had sworn off big auto repair in favor of local mechanics many moons ago, but... Because I started encountering car troubles while up in Kansas City last week, I was very much on a time crunch because I wanted to get back here to do Friday's show in studio as opposed to remote. So I went ahead and just took it to Big Auto Repair to get checked out because I was like, okay, they'll be able to get to it today and they'll be able to tell me what's going on. So I'm not going not gonna to mention any names here, but I took it to a shop whose name rhymes with tire cone. And they told me that the engine was kaput. It was going to take $6,000 and two weeks of time to replace. And so I said, well, looks like we're putting this thing to bed for good. However, uh, my uncle lives up in Kansas City. And he was on the phone with me about the situation. And he said, look, I I got a local mechanic. I know a guy. Why don't you get a second opinion before you decide to scrap it, take it into him, see if he has a different evaluation of what's wrong. So I take it in to the local mechanic. How did you take it in? Could you even drive it? Yes. Oh, you could drive it. This is the thing here. This is the thing here. Um, I take it in to the mechanic, and he says, look, the engine isn't kaput. You have a cracked cylinder head. And you're not going to do any further damage to the car. It's drivable. You're just going to have to keep putting coolant in it. It's going to blow through coolant very quickly. But you should be able to get it back to Norman and get that cylinder head replaced. I just had my cylinder heads replaced a couple months ago. So this was very obviously an issue that I was going to be able to get covered under warranty if I could get it back to Oklahoma. So... What I had done initially to get it to the shop, uh, because it was out of coolant when I got to Kansas City, that's why the engine was starting to run so hot, I threw a gallon of distilled water in it, and I drove over to uh, the mechanic. That was how I got it there. Uh, The mechanic filled it up with coolant all the way. Uh, That was enough to get me back to Norman, although I did stop at a Walmart along the way to grab a big jug of Prestone Mm -hmm. in case I needed it. Smart move. Uh, I'm also in the process of moving from an apartment to a house over the weekend. So uh, I had to deal with that with a car that was in very unstable condition. So I'm making the trips back and forth between my apartment and my new house. There, It's maybe a seven or eight minute drive. So I'm continuing to make these trips back and forth. At a certain point, I crack open the hood, open the coolant reservoir, pour in the gallon of coolant that I'd gotten. And that was enough to get through all the trips that I needed to take back and forth to move my things. And I took it into my local mechanic here in Norman last night, where it is currently awaiting repair. By the way, some free advertising here. Shout out to Luke, who is the head mechanic at A1 Auto Repair. A1 Automotive. It's on the corner of Porter and Gray, I believe, in Norman. He does an outstanding job, always goes above and beyond for me. 
He is currently doing battle with AutoZone for the warranty on my cylinder heads that were recently replaced. So, if we can get new cylinder heads on that thing, hey, who knows? I might get another 180K out of the Taurus. There you go. There you go. It's it's alive. It's still alive. It's still alive. Don't trust Big Auto Repair. That is the message You know, today. here's the deal with Big Auto. Uh, because when I go in there, again, like I said, my job in hell would be like a NAS- be like the, a NASCAR pit crew chief because I wouldn't have any idea what to tell them or what to do, and that would be my eternal damnation right there, which I'm probably headed towards that. But because I'm the guy, it's when they talk to me when something goes wrong, it's like Charlie Brown's teacher on the phone. <laughs> you know, like a crank, what, crankshaft, what? Cylinder, oh, okay, how much? Oh, okay, well, son of a... Okay, yeah, go ahead, fix it. I mean, when I leave, I know they laugh. That's an idiot on the radio. (laughs) You believe that he spent that much money? It's a set of spark plugs. Now, hopefully it's not that bad, but you still have your vehicle, and you're going to drive that thing. You are, like, using that as your starting pitcher in every game. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You're just giving gonna, it the Cy Young treatment. Yeah, you're just going to throw its arm out eventually, and it's just going to die on the mound one day. Just keel over. I have put 90,000 miles on that thing in the last three years alone. Man, yeah, that's that's a lot of driving. But I thought that you were uh, – and but you were really close to going to look for another vehicle, right? I Luckily, was. I, listen, I'm still looking for another vehicle because clearly I'm not going to drive the Taurus forever. So – I am I am in the midst of shopping for new used cars. However, uh, the fact that the Taurus is not dead has, I guess, taken some of the pressure off me to figure out what my next vehicle is in such an immediate sense. So, I'm going to drive the Taurus until I can come up with a better option, and then I suppose we will... Make the peaceful transition. We got to get you in a car with some style instead of that Ward Cleaver Jr. Uh, Ford Taurus. What's wrong with it? I mean, it's a fine automobile, but you're too cool to be driving a Ford Taurus now. You're Parker freaking Thune. You need a portable cat house on wheels is what you need. Uh, Something see, a little bit pimped out. Low rider. Yeah. See, I'm just like, this is just the way I'm wired. I've never been the type of person to be all too concerned about what my car looks like. like mm. As long as it gets me from point A to point B, I am cool with that. So Your dad I, was Ward Cleaver, wasn't he? He taught you well. <laughs> no, I, so I, Do you have I, a younger brother named the Beaver or something? Or Beaver? He, I think he's getting these Leave it to Beaver references somewhat. But, no, that's good. See, our deal in our family is I'm, I've got a starting pitcher that I'm throwing on every game, too, and that's that caddy out there. Uh, and it's about – 10 years old now, but it's got like 108,000 miles on it, and I just drive it and haul stuff and tear it up. Um, uh, so I'm the same way. I'm like, Shay gets the cool car. I'm good with that. I don't care when I'm driving as long as it's, you know, not a total jalopy. As long as it gets me there, that's all I'm concerned about. That's it. But when I was your age, I had to have a cool car. Really? And, yes, and when you have a Pontiac Fiero, believe me, Oh, a fi- you had a Fiero? You are a cool dude. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did, believe it or not. And when I was first driving that thing, I thought it was cool. 
and I was the biggest dork probably in the United States driving that thing. Uh, Bob, but from, I thought it was cool. Bob from Cement on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, "Get a big truck like me." That's one thing I will never drive. Like I'm just not a truck person. Why? I will not drive a truck. They are large, unwieldy, and do not get good gas mileage. They're also very expensive. I had a truck in high school. Uh, it was kind of a hand-me-down. It wasn't too bad. It was a Chevy Silverado. It was about two or three years old. It was all right. But, uh, yeah, the, the Fiero, you talk about style, man. That thing was way – if you probably rear-ended somebody going like 15 miles an hour, that thing would, could have just completely imploded. Somebody, somebody else on the text line says – we need an NIL car deal for Parker. Yeah. If there are any potential partners out there, <laughs> I am willing Wadley to entertain your group. See, you got oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel, Parker. No additional cost to you. There is where you go, right there. All right, let's break right here. Did I just tell people I actually had a Pontiac Fiero? And I went to visit a buddy of mine in Fort Worth. Have you watched How I Met Your Mother yet? I, you know, I never did. I know a lot of people liked it. Was there a Fiero involved? There's a Fiero oh, involved. No. There's a whole oh, Fiero no. episode. Anyway, it got stolen in Fort Worth, and I was like, yes. <laughs> and then they retrieved it. I'm like, they called me back about two weeks when we found you. I'm like, son of a... And I, I didn't orchestrate the theft, but I thought I was out of the Fiero business. And just when they pulled me out, I was right back in. Stay with us. We're coming right back here in the ref. All right, we are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, hour number one, presented by uh, Tim Lasher's great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Don't forget about the uh, Scotty McCreary Show, Beats and Bites Festival 22, final show of the season this Saturday out at Riverwind. Get online, get your tickets at riverwind.com. They're only five bucks a piece. All right. Uh, you want to get a few more texts in before we get out of here? Yeah, let's see what else we got on the Air Comfort Solutions text. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I saw a text uh, from Doug in Norman. Doug the Contrarian, as we like to mm-hmm. as we like to call him. Yeah. I was figuring we'd be in for uh, something that required some unpacking, but no, Doug's just chiming in on the car conversation. Doug says, just picked up a 2021 Honda Civic with 15,000 miles on it from Lander Chevrolet. Couldn't be more happy with it. There you go. There you go. Doug's a Landers guy. Safe travels. Uh, Parker, you need to look into diesel engine Jetta, 55 miles per gallon. Okay, sure, but if it runs on diesel, that's not much cheaper than uh, just getting a regular car that runs uh, that gets 25, 30 miles per gallon, right? Because you're spending mm-hmm. a crap ton more on diesel than you are on actual gas. I'm not sure how much of a how, how much savings you get out of that. Uh, <laughs> Fiero was a young person's car. Can't say the same for your old guy's caddy. <laughs> yeah, the old Fiero, that would have been around 1986. I think it made it to 89. And the last time I saw Fiero was in the, what was the the movie, the spinoff from Breaking Bad? Was it El Camino, I think, that had uh, Pinkman? Uh, and there was a Fiero that he drove for a while in that movie. I saw a Fiero on the side of the highway in Tulsa about 1986. Engine had a raging full meltdown. <laughs> wasn't mine. Uh, it wasn't mine. Well, so what, hold on. I know mm-hmm. you were very embarrassed to admit that you once drove a Fiero. 
Was it Fierro like a running joke in that era or something? No, like, what was- I, I mean, it became a joke later, but, you know, it was a two-seater. There was no room in it. It was, and again, I, I thought, you know, uh, there are times in your life where you're thinking, you know what, I'm pretty cool. And I had no idea that I was a total, absolute nerd. But I was. One listener says, Thune beating him off with a stick in the Taurus. Dang right. <laughs> Thing's going to run till it drops. Uh, another listener says, Parker, I'd sell it to get at least some value because it initially sounded like you were going to get $0 and have to purchase another vehicle. I do have a standing offer from an auto dealer uh, v- via my father, who, as I mentioned on Friday, is kind of a used car guru, or thinks he is anyway. Uh I have a standing offer to exchange the Taurus for another vehicle in addition to So I, I think they're offering me like $1,000 in value for the Taurus, which isn't terrible, but I'm also just like, in this used car market, I could probably still get 2500 out of it, you think, if I just sold it on Craigslist or something? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? All Cars right. are expensive right now. Yeah, they are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot more. We're going to hear from Jackson Arnold, who says he's still recruiting for the Sooners. Sooners are going to get a big commitment today coming up at 5 o'clock. It's going to be a big week for Oklahoma. We'll get into that. And uh, the ESPN FPI, yeah, that computer's drunk. We'll tell you about that. When we get back, another hour to go here on the home of Sooner fans. Keep it here. It is our second hour, and it is presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. They've got a great selection of used cars. They're finding a lot of the best used cars out there right now at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley and a great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. I feel a little bit like uh, Ted Stryker in airplane flying without the controls here, you know. Lloyd, Lloyd Bridges is sniffing glue back at air traffic control or wherever he was because our monitor is out here, uh, which is an issue, but hopefully it'll be fixed soon. Somebody- You're not accusing our engineer, Drake Dyken, of sniffing glue. No, Drake's not here. He's still, uh, he should be back. Maybe I'm hearing tomorrow. So Drake will get it taken care of immediately. But uh, so Parker's kind of getting uh, all the text in line for us. So keep those coming in. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 3439. 405 651 3439. All let's, right. Uh, let's hit a quick text yeah, here. Let's do it. <laughs> what happened to Tanner Schaefer? I always thought he had coaching talent and was hoping he would stick around OU. He never lost a game in high school. Yeah, Tanner Schaefer is still on staff at Oklahoma as mm-hmm. a quarterback's GA. He actually lives across the street from me now. Really? Yes. Yes, my new house. Has he is ever right ridden in the, the uh, Taurus? You're going to give him a ride in the Taurus, maybe? Uh, no. Okay. No, uh, not until I get to ride in the Taurus again, yeah. which hopefully will be soon. Might be never. Who knows? No, I think your uncle uh, – see, it's good that you had uh, – an uncle who knew what was going on there, or you would have been, you know, looking for a new vehicle, or you probably have a new vehicle now. Or uh, you would buy something that was a couple years old, though, right? You wouldn't go new if you had had to get another vehicle. I, I, I will never buy a new car, mm-hmm. never. And you can hold me to that, unless I win the Powerball or something like that. No shot, I'm ever buying a new car. I'm always going to go the used route, because again. If it can get me from point A to point B, that's all I care about. Plus, it is not worth it to me to spend thirty, forty thousand dollars 
on any single thing outside of a down payment on a house. Hmm. Yeah. Or medical bills if it came to that. But within reason, I I am not going to spend 30, 40K on anything least of all a car. Your parents brought you up right, man. They have got you on the right track. I mean, you've already got the family sedan. You don't have the family yet, but you have the sedan. And uh, you also, you're you're like uh, 35 years old, I think, really. You think so? Yeah, I think you've got the mindset of a, uh, I don't know, you might even be in your early 40s. And you're what, 23? 24? 23. 23. Somebody said on the text line, Steely, I had a chocolate brown Ford Pinto with a hatchback. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> a Ford Pinto. Oh, man. I'm trying to think when the last time I saw a Ford Pinto was. Holy cow. That's awesome. Chocolate brown, too. Oh, Very nice. About, like, e- even I have my standards. I don't know if I would drive a chocolate brown Ford Pinto with a hatchback. What were some of the other old school cars that were? The El Camino is kind of cool now. We looked at it, and it was kind of cooled in for a while. And then it became, man, why did people drive this? And now it's kind of, if you can get an old school El Camino that's in good shape, it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. But like an AMC Pacer, I think, was another one that was kind of the same deal as a Ford Pinto. Um, golly, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones back in the day. But... Uh, so a Fiero is a big part of how I met your mother. Well, it's not a big part. There's, there's an episode. Oh, okay. There's an episode. Yes. I'll give you, I'll give you the cliff notes. Okay. So one of the main characters has this old Fiero that he's driven forever. Uh, kind of like the situation I'm in. It's the only car he's ever driven and he has an unreasonable emotional attachment to it. (laughs) And it's about to hit 200,000 miles, and it breaks down. It hits a pothole and breaks down like a mile and a half before 200K. <laughs> and so he takes it into the shop, and they're like, look, there's no chance we're saving this thing. You're just going to have to let it die. He's like, we're getting it to 200K. We're going to push it. We're going to push it to 200K. And they try to push it, and it's just not happening. So he's like, okay, well. That's all she wrote for the Fiero. Hmm. So it kind of ends in disappointment, but yeah, that's that's the Fiero episode. It's it's one of those flashback episodes where they keep going back to past moments, scenes that <laughs> he's had in that vehicle. That like, sounds one awesome. Where, yeah, his his older brothers uh, send him to pick up coffee. Like, they they send him to pick up like twelve cups of drive through coffee. Sans clothes, yeah. So he's he's driving he's driving the car in the nude, and he's got to set the cups on the dashboard. Yeah, and then they jump out of the bushes at him and scare him, and all the coffee spills on. Oh, him. nice, nice. All right, uh, Jerry texting me nineteen seventy six Datsun B two ten. Wow, Plymouth Duster or a Dodge Demon? Says my buddy Sean. Who was involved in uh, the Fiero incident for me? That's it was really? his, his place in Fort Worth where the Fiero 
went missing from his driveway. Oh, so did you sue him? No, it was, I mean, it was just, and it was like in Fort Worth in a decent old neighborhood in Fort Worth. And we came out later at night. We'd been, you know, having a couple pops or whatnot. And where's the car? Hmm. It's (laughs) nowhere to be seen. So, and then I thought, good, I finally, you know, I can get some money for this. The Fiero will be history. And they call me up two weeks later. They had taken nearly everything out of that vehicle, but they left the car. I got a call. Fort Worth, is it Tarrant County? Yeah, Tarrant County. Yeah. That's right. From them. And they were like, Mr. Steely, we found your vehicle. And I'm like, son of a... Great. <laughs> yeah. It took everything but the car, huh? Yes, pretty much. That was it. It's like she just lit it on fire. My dignity was in there, too, and they took it. Uh, somebody said on the text line, Parker is obviously not married. Enjoy your freedom from payments while you can. Mrs. Parker can change all that. Mm. Yes, I, I very much am enjoying not making any payments. Yeah, living without a car payment is a fun existence. Okay, um, let's get to the news today, and that is that the Sooners will have a new commitment today at 5 o'clock. It is expected that uh, Josiah Wagner, the four-star defensive back, from the state of Washington, will announce for Oklahoma, right? That is the expectation. And uh, that's going to be a big get for Jay Belay. It will be. His first as an Oklahoma position coach. And think about him and Todd Bates. Right? I think those are the only two guys at this point in time that do not yet have a commit in their position group in the class of 2023. But once somebody breaks down the wall for both Belay and Bates – you figure there's going to be a whole bunch more coming. And you look ahead to what Valai could add at the cornerback position this cycle. We talked about Wagner. We talked about Makari Vickers as well as Jacoby Johnson. The Sooners are going to look to take three cornerbacks. As far as the defensive line is concerned, Bates is only a couple days away from finding out where Derek LeBlanc is going to end up. And obviously the consensus right now is that it's going to be Oklahoma for the product of Osceola, Florida. So if LeBlanc commits to Oklahoma – then you start looking further down the road. Edric Hill is another guy that's visiting Oklahoma late this week for the party on the Palace. Mm-hmm. Another player that's very much uh, within the realm of possibility for the Sooners to add to this recruiting class, especially given his relationships with P.J. Atabare and Caden Green. Johnny Bowens, a teammate of Anthony Evans. Uh, both of those two are high-end Oklahoma targets. Evans is deciding in late August. That's a decision that could fall in Oklahoma's favor, and if he's a Sooner, maybe Bowens is a Sooner too. Look at Caden McDonald. Oklahoma's still kind of hanging around in that race. So with both Valai and Bates right now, it's really just a question of who becomes the first guy to kick down the door and jump in the boat for Oklahoma at that position group. And then once that happens, you could get a whole bunch of others that follow suit. And again, it's expected both those guys are getting, going to get on the board this week. In fact, Jay Valai more than likely today. And uh, if Derek LeBlanc uh, makes his decision for Oklahoma on Thursday, then uh, Todd Bates will be on the board. And uh, that is the speculation as, uh, as to what is going to happen this week today. Uh, Josiah Wagner, and again Thursday for Derek LeBlanc. Uh, to Suli Akana, any update? No update yet. I don't think there will be any semblance of a tangible update until after he visits Oklahoma this weekend. Do we know so, Peyton Bowen's destination yet? No, no, no one does. Um, and MROU, right? Yeah, I've heard there's a chance he could be both places this weekend. So Interesting. Yeah, that one just gets wackier and wackier. I still think he's going to be a Sooner. 
Well, speaking of his high school teammate, Jackson Arnold, you know, the Sooners only five-star in this class. Maybe P.J. Atabare will get a five-star eventually. It's looking like that could very well happen. But Jackson Arnold said the other day he feels a big responsibility to keep recruiting for OU. Tons of responsibility. Almost every single day I'm texting either the same recruiter or a new recruit, just kind of helping them. You know, kind of helping OU out because new coaching staff, they might need some help recruiting because kids maybe don't understand where they're from or where they come from or how good they actually are. So I'm out there helping almost every single day, even yet up texting recruits, still like telling you know, OU's the place to be, man. We want you to be part of this special class. There you go. Who is the greatest Sooner quarterback recruiter in the modern era? In the modern era being since like 2000. Well, you you want you want to know the answer, Caleb? No, Spencer Rattler, man. Was it Rattler? Oh yeah, even ahead of Caleb. Yeah, you remember that 2019 class? It was a pretty. That good, was yeah. That's still, that's Oklahoma's best class of the modern era, and a lot of it was due to the fact that they got Spencer Rattler committed mm, real early yeah. during his sophomore year, and then he brought the cavalcade along with him. Man, who would have thought that it would end that way for Spencer Rattler? And I, you know what? I hope he has a good year at South Carolina. He and Austin Stogner, and everybody likes Shane Beamer. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Gamecock season plays out. Speaking of recruiting, that one guy who's the greatest recruiter in OU history is Barry By God Switzer, right? I mean, this story again, I found this old clip. Uh, you guys remember that two-DVD set that came out almost 20 years ago with all the Sooner players got together and uh, some of the coaches got together. And there must have been 35, 40 Oklahoma players in this two-DVD set. And they were all telling stories. It was great stuff. Um, and Bosworth talked about when he was at Irving. He was at Irving MacArthur, I believe, uh, and was being recruited. And Boz had recently committed to Texas A&M, but that didn't stop Barry Switzer from breaking into the uh, cafeteria there in Irving, Texas, to go after Boz. Uh, committed to Texas A&M, and I'm sitting in my high school cafeteria, and there's 3,000 kids in my school, so there's 1,000 of us in, you know, in the cafeteria. And I'm looking across, and I see this, this, this cat walk in in a full-length mink coat. <laughs> and I take a... And I go, it, it can't be. It can't be. Because all the other coaches would come, and they'd pull me out of class and take me in. Here he comes, and he... He calls me out. Hey, where's Boss? Where's Boss? And I go, oh, no. No, no. And he's got the rings on. I know you want one of these. I know you want one of these. You don't get it today, Oh, so good. Such good stuff right there. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, we got a break real quick. Uh, a little more recruiting news on the way when we get back. And Dylan Gabriel, what kind of year will he have for the Sooners? We're going to hear from his old coach, Josh Heupel, talking up Dylan Gabriel. That'll be coming up here in a minute. And ESPN's FPI says Texas has a 55% chance to beat Oklahoma. And ESPN's... FPI, the Football Power Index, picking Texas to win the Big 12. The circuitry has gone wrong on the ESPN computers, I think. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on The Ref. Stone's best song right there. What do you think? Oh, Nick Sabinger thinks so. Ah, uh, yes. He and Miss Terry, they, they always, after a victory, when they drive away, get in the car to drive home, they crank up Gimme Shelter. That, you know, maybe like, Nick Saban a little bit more. 
Not that I ever dislike Nick Saban. In fact, I think Nick Saban might be a pretty good dude, actually, away from football when he's not dealing with the media and all of that stuff. But uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good one. <clears throat> Probably my favorite one. Still can't believe. Parker, you missed out. I don't think you were uh, – were you old enough? I don't think you were. You weren't around when the Stones played Owen Field back in the day. Yeah, probably not. What year would that have been? Like 96 or something like that? Or earlier? I guess I'm sure the been... text line will tell yes. us very quickly here. I think that would have been uh, 96, maybe, would be my guess. So, uh, yeah, that was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Uh, the Stones, see, I missed, because I got grounded, I missed the uh, the great experience that was Rocklahoma back in the day with Van Halen, the Doobie Brothers, Pat Benatar, and Sammy Hagar. I was grounded. That was a summer concert in the heats uh, at Owen Field back in the day. But the Stones, and uh, then you had uh, U2, of course, playing uh, Owen Field in uh, – you know, the stadium not too long ago, and uh, with Black Eyed Peas opening up for them. That was a good show, too. But the Stones, I would have never thought the Stones would play Owen Field. That was super cool. All right, uh, if you want to text us, Parker's handling the text line today, and he does most of the time anyway, but uh, our monitor is out in here. But Parker's got control, and uh, you can text us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. All right, Dylan Gabriel, uh, you know, after the Caleb Williams thing went down, and despite what Caleb Williams' dad, Carl, says, you know, well, you know, we were just surprised that they, you know, did what they did so quickly. Well, what were they supposed to do? Wait on your wishy-washiness? No, I don't think so. They went out. They got Dylan Gabriel. Josh Heupel, of course, was the coach at UCF when Dylan Gabriel was there with Jeff Levy as his uh, offensive coordinator. And Heupel was asked the other day at SEC Media Days what the Sooners have in Dylan Gabriel. Great leader, great work habits, going to be so consistent inside the building. Guy that is a true freshman, true sophomore, I think led the country in passing over those two years. Um, they're, uh, they're getting a great quarterback, no doubt about it. All right, and uh, Dylan Gabriel, I like this comment, and this was uh, in one of the breakout sessions with another radio station at Big 12 Media Days, and he was asked about, you know, what do you think about the legacy of Oklahoma quarterbacks and being the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma? And Gabriel said, you know what, he loves being the new guy at QB for OU. For me, man, this is something you dream of, right? Like I was saying, you know, earlier, like just being in the backyard and throwing my dad and, you know, always – you know, just messing around and being like, man, this is a game winner. Or, you know, it's a two-minute drive to go win the game. And, and being in a hostile environment, being in, you know, big atmospheres. It's what you dream of, you know, and it's what I'm excited for. I see this opportunity to go, you know, showcase my abilities, but do it with a bunch of great dudes and, you know, led by a coach that, you know, I'd run through a big wall for. There you go. Like that last comment right there, too. From Dylan Gabriel. All right, so Brent Venables and uh, the OU coaches are out at uh, the coaches' presser today, out at Life Church in Norman. They're really not any audio availabilities for us in terms of anybody doing it live, obviously, or anything. But this is an annual event in Norman, and Brent's had some interesting things to say, and Tyler McComas put a lot of this stuff out on the Ref uh, Twitter account. Brent was asked about young players that he really likes on this squad. He said, quote, I think Danny Stutzman is a lot like Rocky Kalmus, very instinctual, 
and a lot faster than he probably tests, incredibly tough. Well, Rocky Kalmus won a Buckus Award, so uh, and is an excellent linebacker at OU. And, of course, Rocky Kalmus, among the many outstanding plays he had at the University of Oklahoma, the one that stands out is the interception pick six against Chris Sims. And that was the 63-14 to stomping of Texas that day, uh, which was an unbelievable victory for Oklahoma, and they go on to win the national championship this year. Brent also, according to uh, Tyler again at this uh, event today, mentioned how much he really likes Billy Bowman and his trajectory as a player, says they're going to keep Billy Bowman at safety, not move him from position to position, which is what happened last year, and they're going to also keep Key Lawrence at safety as well. Billy Bowman, uh, possible breakout year for Billy Bowman, you think? Yeah, certainly, especially if he stays at safety. And I think for Key Lawrence, it's going to be much of the same. And look, I, I in the long run, I don't think Venables is going to be averse to moving those guys around if the circumstances call for it. Because last year, for instance, circumstances obviously called for Key Lawrence to play all three positions yeah. in the secondary. I don't know that that was ever the plan, but plans change as the season evolves. But if you get solid play from your corners and your nickel to the point where you can afford – to just leave Billy Bowman at safety and leave Key Lawrence at safety, and you don't experience attrition via injury or via the transfer portal to the point where you're having to bounce guys around to find an answer. If you can lock those two dudes in at safety, those two guys have incredibly high ceilings in the back end of the secondary. And I think there's a chance those two could be the starters at safety. Am I am I discounting anybody if I say that? Like, I'm trying to think. And there will certainly be Woody. guys in the mix to start. Oh, you're talking about safety. I'm talking about safety. Yeah, safety. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be Key Lawrence and Billy Bowman, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would think so. And the, uh, the transfers are all of those guys, corners. The kid from Wyoming's a corner. Kid from North Wyoming's Carolina. Corner. Morrison's played both, right? Yeah, a little Morrison. Bit of both. I, I don't know. Kid from Morrison's, North Carolina. Morrison's kind of a jackknife. Uh, but C.J. Colden, the Wyoming transfer, is a pure corner. Uh, same with Kanai Walker from uh, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, so big, sizable corner. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the defensive backfield. But Billy Bowman, yeah, I, I don't know. It just felt like they were moving him around a lot again last year. It it kind of felt at times in the secondary like they were using fix a flat a little bit, you know, uh, rather than replacing the tire sometimes. And I don't know, man. It's uh, Look, Alex Grinch did some good things. He improved that defense somewhat. But I don't know. Uh, I, I'm much more excited about the defensive potential of this group uh, under Brent Venables and because he's been the best D.C. in college football, unless you want to, you know, put Nick Saban there. Kirby Smart, obviously, when he was there uh, with Alabama. But Brent, again, has been was tremendous at Clemson. And um, I don't know. I think they've got the ingredients there. We'll see, uh, you know, what the chemistry's like. I know that Sooner fans are we're tired of a couple things. Number one, poor tackling, uh, not being physical enough, and giving up third downs time and time again. And the Sooners were in the 70s and uh, third down conversions given up, uh, you know, and, you know, you think about where Oklahoma, there is no reason why Oklahoma shouldn't be. And I think I'm just talking about, you know, in the early part of the Venables era, shouldn't be a top 20 defense. 
Now, I don't know if you jump in the top 10 immediately, but, I mean, you're the University of Oklahoma. Uh, it, it is crazy to me that some of these defensive rankings for OU have been as bad as they have been. I mean, like I said, those national championship teams, all of those. You go back to Switzer's early teams, unbelievable. Rod Schultz, Selman Brothers, all of those great players. Uh, and then you look at 85. I mean, Bosworth, Ricky Dixon, Tony Casillas, Kevin Murphy, Daryl Reed. Uh, they had great players everywhere. And it's just been a mystery to me. The mystery of Oklahoma football, like we've talked about the mystery of Texas, is why, you know, it was like Scatman, who was the uh, guy who was it? No, it wasn't Scatman Crothers, the guy who played uh, – yeah, he was in Cool Hand Luke. What we've got, Struther Martin. Like he said to, uh, he was Cheech's, uh, was it, no, he was Chong's dad in one of the movies. And he said, when, boy, when are you going to get your act together? And that's why we've, that's kind of how we've always felt about the University of Texas. Not that we want them to get their act together, but you're like, man, you've got every resource available. Great city, tons of money, recruiting hotbed the entire state. And you can't beat Kansas at home. You go five and seven, and you've been basically mediocre for ever since that loss to Alabama in the national championship game. That's been the mystery. Why can't Texas get it together? For Oklahoma, the mystery has been why can't the Sooners play great defense? You know? I mean, like I said, if you're great on one side of the football, like Oklahoma was with all the great run of quarterbacks, that's one thing. But that doesn't mean you can't play defense. So I think that's going to start to change. So if you can play more complimentary football, which Sooner fans want to see, and again, and when it's third and 18, you don't want to be thinking, yeah, they're going to convert this somehow. Just wait. You know, and they do, the opposition. Sooner fans are tired of that. So they're going to be a lot more physical. Uh, you know, Brent said it took a while for the Clemson defense to round into form. He said that at media days. But I do – you think they'll be better on defense this year? I, yeah, I do. Yes. 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 Even though, I mean, even with the losses, because most teams, if you lose Perrion Winfrey and you lose Isaiah Thomas and you lose Nick Bonetta, as uh, Neil Brown called him, and Brian Osamoa and guys like that, DeLaren Turner, yell, a lot of good players – they would take maybe a little bit of a step back. Well, but sure, I think they're going to take like two steps forward. This It's also really difficult to play as badly on defense with that much talent. No doubt. All those guys, you yeah. as Oklahoma did last year. Yeah, you're right. And we expected more last year on the defensive side of the ball, and it just didn't happen. All right, break time right here. When we get back, we'll get to the text line. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405 651-3439. It's the home of Sooner fans, the ref, here on a Monday. Okay, Riverwind Casino this weekend is the final of Beats and Bites 2022 concert. It is a big one. Scotty McCreary will be on the Beats and Bites stage. Outdoors at Riverwind, presented by Coop Ale Works and Riverwind Casino, the final show of 2022. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks a piece. All the best local food trucks are going to be out there. Retail vendors, uh, it's just a great experience. Bring your folding chairs out there and have a great time outdoors at Riverwind. They've also got a great promotion, which is uh, starting to wind down, and that is the Casting for Cash 
promotion where you can win a Florida Keys fishing uh, getaway. Uh, you have until July 30th to play specific e-game machines, and the top five players who earn the highest number of points on those specified e-game machines are going to win a trip to the Florida Keys for a guided fishing trip valued at nearly $5,400 plus $2,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash. That's an unbelievable deal happening. So get out there, play on those specific e-game machines. There's signage all around the machines. If you can't find them for whatever reason, the good people out there at Riverwind will point you in the right direction. Try and get into the top five and win one of those fishing trips to the Florida Keys, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino. And they also, of course, sponsor our hotline here at the Ref at 405 329 9,000. We love the uh, folks over at Riverwind. All right, you want to get some texts in, Parker? Let's see what we got. <laughs> Alex Grinch's boat also stalled in the middle of the lake, just like Howard. All right, fine, good meeting. I think he is referring to a, a bit we did a long time ago. We used to do a, a bit, golly, this is like 95, and uh, I did a parody called Primetime Fishing. Because Deion Sanders said he wanted to host a fishing show. And he went out and the Howard Schnellenberger took him out on the boat and the boat in midway through the lake sank. And uh, that was the bit because OU season got off to, I mean, the boat got off to a tremendous start, you know, because they were undefeated and then it started leaking oil and then it sunk. So that's what he was referring to. That's a long time listener right there. Good stuff. No joke. 1995. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the first time I've heard this bit brought up on the show, too. So that's really digging into the archive. It was one of the first Howard bits. And the you know, I had the boat sound effects and everything, and Howard was talking how the boat was tremendous. We're off to a great start here. You know, and then boom, and then, you know, it sinks. That's basically what happened to Oklahoma season that year. Another listener says, what about Broyles? Referring, of course, to Justin Broyles, and that mm-hmm. goes back to the conversation about the safeties. Man, I, I'm a big fan of Justin Broyles. I love the fact that he's stuck it out as long as he has at Oklahoma. A lot of guys in his shoes would have transferred at this point. He started playing his best ball down the stretch last year. His second half of the season was really, really good. And that gives me hope that Justin Broyles becomes a factor, a pretty significant factor in this Oklahoma defense uh, in the year of our Lord 2022. Now, where does he play? Because I don't think he plays cornerback. I don't think he's fast enough to play cornerback. I don't know right now if I would favor him to start over Billy Bowman or Key Lawrence at one of the safety positions. That kind of leaves nickel. And from what I heard down the stretch in spring practice, it was Broyles and Jaden Davis that were really starting to look like option A1 and A2 at the nickel position. So, again, things change from spring practice to fall camp. Jaden Davis probably broke spring practice as the leader in the clubhouse to be the starting nickel, but that's not to say that things haven't shifted or even shifted dramatically over the course of the summer. Maybe they maybe they start out fall camp and Justin Royal seizes the bull by the horns. I think he's a guy that's versatile enough, experienced enough, and smart enough that he's going to find the field in a pretty significant capacity, but he is probably one of those guys like Trey Morrison that bounces around a little bit. Plays a little here, plays a little there, but maintains a constant presence in the secondary. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits in. And uh, of the three transfers, is Morrison the guy that's 
first in line to play the most, you think? I'd say so, um, if only due to the fact that he's already played so much. Yeah. He started 44 games over the course of his career at North Carolina, which is a lot of football games. That is a lot and of football And he played games. at all three positions, corner, nickel, safety. So, What do you think about uh, last year's transfers, you know, the Tennessee transfers, certainly uh, Eric Gray and Key Lawrence had an impact, you know. No doubt. Uh, Wanye Morris did not. Emergence of Wanye Morris coming up this season? Yeah, I think he starts. Yeah? Um, I don't know what an emergence looks like. He was a first-team all-preseason Big 12 pick I last know, how year. bizarre is that? When was the last time a preseason all-Big 12 pick, pick did not make a start mm-hmm. in that season? Yeah. With no suspension, no injury, no nothing. Just rode the bench. Because that's what happened with Wanye Morris. And the word was when he showed up to Oklahoma, he was a little bit out of shape maybe wasn't as ready to compete as some of the other guys in that offensive line room. And I think it said a lot about Bill Biedenboe's confidence or lack thereof in Wanye Morris that he pulled Tyrese Robinson from left guard out to right tackle, or from right guard to right tackle, I can't remember which, from one of the guard positions out to right tackle, which is a position that he had played sparingly in college right. but not substantially. Rather than putting Wanye Morris out there, he pulled Tyrese Robinson from his starting guard position, which he had held down for the last two seasons, and shifted him out to right tackle because he felt like that gave the Sooners a better chance to win football games than it would have if they'd simply left Robinson where he was and slotted Wanya Morris at right tackle. O-line uh, last year, you know, was not a great year. It wasn't a horrible year, but not a great year. Uh, this year's O-line, and again, Wanya Morris is, is projected to start, so maybe he has a breakthrough. What about Andrew Rame now? This will be uh, – it's the time for Andrew Rame, who I think is a pretty good player already, to maybe emerge as, uh, you know, what people thought he would be uh, when he was recruited. Well, I think he has to yeah. if this Oklahoma offensive line is going to take a significant step up from where they've been the last couple of years. Uh, so much of the offensive line's play in general has to do with the center. And the center really sets the tone. That's why Creed Humphrey. Oh, my gosh, that guy. He will never get enough love for what he accomplished at the University of Oklahoma because Creed was the best center. And I don't want to say in program history because I might not be old enough to make that claim. Uh, He's pretty good, yeah. I would say the last two, three decades, there has not been a better center at the University of Oklahoma than Creed Humphrey. I believe that dude's on track to be an NFL Hall of Famer. I think the world of Creed Humphrey. Oh, yeah, I mean. You're not gonna like. You're not gonna get a guy like that every recruiting cycle or every generation, for that matter. So, replacing Creed Humphrey has been an issue for Oklahoma. And Robert Conjol has seen some time at center. Andrew Rame has seen some time at center. I think long term, Rame's the guy with the higher ceiling, and he's the guy that you would like to see playing center in 2022. But Conjol is a guy that has now started at three different Power 5 institutions, Texas A&M, Arizona, Oklahoma. He's entering his sixth year of Power 5 football. Sixth year of actually playing Power 5 football, too. Not just sixth season of being on the roster. Right. But Conjol is more or less your insurance policy. If they break camp and Rame isn't quite ready, you roll with Conjol because you know what you're getting in him. He's not going to be elite, but he's going to be stable. He's going to be consistent. He's reliable. But if all goes according to plan for Bill Biedenboe in the Oklahoma offensive line room in 2022, Andrew Rame is your starting center, and he's playing all 13 games. 
Yeah, I mean, Creed Humphrey set a standard that is about as high as you can at the center position. And the Sooners, you know, Gabe Eichert was a good one. Ty Darlington was a good one. I'm going way back, and you think about you – know, I'm trying to think um, – Tom Brahaney back in the 70s was a really good one. The Sooners have had some pretty good ones, but I don't know that there's uh, ever been one like Creed Humphrey. And they already love him in Kansas City. I mean, they're writing songs about the guy in uh, in <laughs> Kansas City on the radio, right? I mean, the guy is uh, – I tell you, those wrestlers, they, they make pretty good interior linemen. Kelly Gregg, Creed Humphrey – Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right, we'll break right here. And uh, when we come back, some final sports notes for you. And uh, it is it's a Monday. And I guess we're getting maybe some rain this weekend, and it's going to be like mid-low 90s later in the week. That's amazing. I am tired of this heat. It's oppressive. Very oppressive heat. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right. Welcome back. What a great album that was. Black Sabbath, Paranoid. That's the song, Paranoid, right there. You also had Iron Man and War Pigs on there. That's pretty good right there. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Okay. Uh... Getting a uh, text in, or actually, it's yeah to me, Steely. What do you think? Uh, what's going on with uh, Live Golf? What do I think? What's going on with Live Golf? Uh, well, I mean, David Faraday's going to Live Golf. I don't know how big of a difference if people you know watch golf for the announcer. I like David Faraday a lot. I've had a chance to interview him in person. He's the same guy. Uh, Charles Barkley. Maybe headed to Live Golf, Gary McCord to Live Golf. But I think it's going to be big down the road because I believe that you're going to see the guy who just won the Open Championship probably go to Live Golf, Cameron Smith. Uh, The Aussie, I think he is waiting for a couple of things before he makes that announcement, the President's Cup and the FedEx Cup. Uh, And again, it's, it's a very tight race for PGA Tour Player of the Year between Cam Smith and uh, Scotty Scheffler. And a lot of people thought Scotty Scheffler was kind of a shoe in, but now, I mean, Cam Smith won the players and he won the Open Championship at St. Andrews. So um, I would actually probably go, and, and a lot again depends on what happens in the FedEx Cup playoffs, but I believe eventually you're going to see him uh, to the Live Golf Tour as well. Uh, what do you think about Bob Stoops again? We knew he was going to be coaching in the, uh, the XFL, right? The Arlington, Texas franchise, it's the new one that's put together by The Rock, correct? So, I don't know. And um, I, I was a little bit surprised when Bob came back to coach the Dallas Renegades. But uh, he will be coaching the Arlington franchise. Again, we knew where that he was going and planning to be coaching in the league in 2023. Now we know it's the Arlington, Texas franchise, which is no surprise. But... I don't know. What do you think Bob's going to do uh, after Drake's done at OU? You think there's a chance he might get into more serious coaching again? I, I'm i hesitant to believe that. I think with where Bob's at in life and in his coaching career, like here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Do you even remember that Steve Kurt Spurrier coached in the AAF? Um, No. Steve Spurrier was a head coach in the AAF. No one remembers that. 
And that's kind of my point in all of this, is that if Bob Stoops has success in the NFL, or I'm sorry, the XFL, then great. He makes a couple extra million bucks, brings home some hardware, kind of helps get the league and the franchise off the ground, although I'm not convinced any professional football league in America, save for the NFL, will ever truly get off the ground. But it's a nice, easy, cushy retirement gig for Bob Stoops that he doesn't have to put a whole lot of time and effort into. And if he flops or the league flops, no one remembers it. It doesn't affect his legacy at all. Just like no one will ever remember that Steve Spurrier's last coaching gig was in the Alliance of American Football. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't remember that. I did not remember that. All right. uh, What else is happening? We've got a Sooner commitment happening today at 5 o'clock. Josiah Wagner, the defensive back from the state of Washington, is expected to announce for Oklahoma today at 5 o'clock. And then uh, Derek LeBlanc. You've been saying 90% on Derek LeBlanc, the uh, defensive lineman out of Florida, uh, making his announcement on Thursday. You feeling still right around 90% or more? Yeah, well, I've. I was saying 80% last week. I'm probably closer to 90 than 80 at this point. Uh, things continue to trend exclusively in OU's direction, that recruitment. So for Derek LeBlanc, I expect he will be a sooner. Imagine telling anyone, imagine telling anyone a year ago or even six months ago that by the end of July 2022, Derek LeBlanc was going to be a sooner and Peyton Kirkland was going to be a longhorn. Because those two were kind of attached to the hip for a while, and still are. But I, I think for more than a minute, the conventional logic and the calculus among recruiting analysts was that those two are going to be Florida Gators together. They're going to stay home in Gainesville, and they're going to play for Billy Napier at Florida. Now, one of them is a Texas Longhorn, and one of them appears headed to the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, Billy Napier, man, uh, and I think he's a good coach. I thought a good hire for Florida, and, and obviously we don't know anything yet, but they've already got – the Sooners already got Lewis Carter out of Florida. They already got Keon Brown out of Florida. They've got – I well, Phil Picciotti is from Pennsylvania, but he's going to be going to IMG Academy. So, again, that's a, that's a stretch there. But they got two kids from Florida already, correct? That's right. And, uh, and there'll be more coming. You think LeBlanc, Macari Vickers, you think, is yep. probably going to wind up at Oklahoma. Yeah. Anybody so, else I mean, we're leaving out? That would be four kids from the state of Florida. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else in the 2023 class? Between Vickers and LeBlanc, if you get those two, you tack those two on to the – two Florida kids that they already have. If you get four guys from the state of Florida in your very first recruiting class at the University of Oklahoma, that really sets the table if you're Brent Venables in this Sooner staff. Yeah, Because at that point, that's 15% of your signing class. If 15% of your signing class comes from Florida, how big is that percentage going to be next year or the year after that? Well, and you think about it, we could play that I've been everywhere, man, Johnny Cash, because the Sooners are going everywhere to get these kids, including this will be the second kid they get from the state of Washington, right? Yeah. 11 different states represented in OU's class right now. Impressive. And Wagner expected to commit today. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll see you.